0: We're here to discuss Minute 106 of the Lost World. David, uh, this past week, um, Fallen Kingdom aired, well, I think it was a special screening they had over in uh, Madrid, in Barcelona, or Spain, and uh, the audience gave Bayona a standing ovation.
1: Yeah, they did. A, I've heard a lot of pleasant things coming um, coming out of the, uh, world, or not the world premiere, but the first premiere at um, Madrid, Spain.
0: Yeah, I don't... I think we talked last minute about where uh, all timings of when the film was going to be released. I don't know. Was it just a, do you know if it was just a one-off showing or is it actually there being shown now on a continuous basis?
1: I think it's being shown like in theaters, period. Oh, okay. I know that um, UK is this week maybe or is it next week? I know it's um, before, it's like two weeks before, um, before the U.S.
0: Yeah, well, wow, that might be this weekend, yeah. <laughs> here, here, here it comes. But uh, no, it's, it's good signs that um, there, uh, there's some good chatter coming out of that premiere. Of, uh, and even the people that seen the first five, ten minutes of it uh, at the 25th anniversary centre celebration sort of liked what they've seen, both uh, on screen and the um, cinematography of it as well. So it won't be long before we get to put in our two cents as well.
1: Yeah, right. A lot of the um what I've heard a lot of descriptions of what I've heard coming out call it almost as good as the first and brutal, which I like because I like brutal. Yep. <laughs> the Lost World is very brutal. So that's a good sign.
0: Yep, they they're big dinosaurs, they're not balloon animals. There's gotta be collateral.
1: CQ, CQ, this is engine operations harvest leader to harvest base. Repeating, I'm calling for Engine Operations Harvest Leader seeking Engine Harvest Base. Go ahead, Harvest
0: Guy. One last thing before we get into 106 as well. David, you know, we uh, when we're researching these films and sort of working behind the scenes on fan projects and that, um, it's also, it's always a, uh, a labour of love. And we put a lot of hours into looking and searching deep through YouTube videos and all sorts of media to uh, find the behind the scenes stuff we're looking for and... Every now and then we find something new and it's quite exciting and uh it's it's we can put that forward and um and share it with the rest of the fandom. But uh this week uh Jurassic was contacted by a uh a crew member that worked on The Lost World and uh you're talking to him in PM so I'll let you take it away. But um he had some very interesting stuff to show us.
1: Yeah, he did. He um I can't remember the exact position he had. He was something like second unit director or something. It was something like that, but he um, had a lot of behind-the-scenes footage that has been previously un-air, uh, un-shown. Some of it included um, footage of from the Fieldbrook um, location where The Lost World was filmed, and it was just all a bunch of um, them setting up and B-roll takes and a bunch of really cool stuff. And one shot showed um, how they... Did the T-Rex footprint, the mm-hmm. famous T-Rex footprint that uh, Ludlow, Roland, and Ajay are examining earlier in the film after the game trail chase. And what they did, what they did was they took this giant shell that they basically just pressed into the dirt and then lifted up. And It was really cool to uh, see them uncovering this, because they also in this in the box they all, it was just this giant three foot across two X uh, shell of a footprint kinda like what you would have as to make a sandcastle with.
0: Mm. Yeah, they yeah, the on the on the footage they have a um a big probably six foot by six foot square crate, um probably about two foot deep that um is just full mm-hmm. of both I don't know if it was latex, but probably rubber and fiberglass uh, mouldings of the animatronics feet or or of dinosaur yeah. feet that they'll go out there and press into the mud to make the footprints um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I love in the video how he says they ordered 16 of them and they only got 7 or something <laughs> so they weren't they weren't well supplied like any <laughs> but uh, it, um, one thing I found interesting for that crate was the fact that it was like the Metricanthosaurus or the Apatosaur feet as well and other animals uh, footprints there which I can't mm-hmm. we don't see a lot of other footprints in the film apart from the Tyrannosaur ones which have sort of
1: No, we really don't. Um, I want to say that the Stegosaurus footprints are another notable, the baby Stegosaurus, and I think that was in the crate as well. We kind of see him uh, kind of pressed in the dirt around where the baby is, kind of of look like the baby had been moving. But, yeah, other than the T-Rex, there's really not a lot of focus on footprints in the the novel. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, in the movie. We mentioned
0: it when we were talking about the Slider stuff with all the extra Operations building stuff that we never see in the film, but the fact they dress the set anyway—it's these footprints are sort of one of those things. They probably spent hours putting all the footprints around the animals. I'm, I'm sure around when the parasol officers brought down as well. This footprints that you just don't see in the film, and just that extra effort they would have put in. Because mm-hmm. um, it's it's great, and some of the other footage because that was from the uh, yeah at the the dinosaur roundup at the monument there, and there's some photo. Um, Images of just the uh, the vehicles getting in the position and doing a couple of frames of shooting, um, driving down that that game trail, and one shot I just love of just Steven Spielberg standing there looking at the storyboards for the shoot and just sort of working out what's what's going to mm-hmm. happen now. Just the gears are ticking over in his mind, which is fantastic. And this isn't this isn't someone in production that's sort of sneaking around for an iPhone camera, shaky cam. This is someone that's got a obviously a, a film camera. I'd assume in 97, a film camera actually yeah. documenting, and we see other members of production telling him that he can put it up on, not YouTube, but must be some sort of footage site or something of the day, but <laughs> and just all these, just yeah, all this oh, footage, yeah. and even, not only that, we um, seen a few months ago um, some images or some footage was um, shared around of the uh, the two Trenosaur animatronics destroying the front windscreen of the RV, behind the scenes and just setting up that scene Well, mm-hmm. this is all, not high def but a lot better quality
1: yeah it is, you can definitely tell that this guy was authorized, They he was probably planned to have been put into um, the, uh, behind the scenes making a feature at, at some point but just obviously evidently never made it mm-hmm. there unfortunately, which makes me wonder not only what else has not made it in there, but what else other crew members yeah. were authorized to film that just never, have never been shown. It makes me kind of want to go through the credits and start making a list of all the everybody there who might have just information or like rolls of film yeah, up in their attic just, or Just start
0: you know? messaging every single person that was involved in the film, just because that's <laughs> it's it's not completely out of the blue. We we didn't go looking for anyone or anything. He's just um he's sent um Jurassic-pedia a, a Message and uh, through some, you're doing some talking Mm -hmm. with him, and um, he revealed who we're not going to say who he was uh, for his privacy, obviously. But um, because he came to us, we didn't go looking for him. But he um, he done some stuff. He also said, and we talked a couple weeks ago about the uh, the uh, computer screens for the RV being made public, and um, and Mm -hmm. this guy reckons he's got the uh, Hammond's computer and that possibly as well. So
1: yeah, he did mention that he Mm -hmm. had the animation for that and they asked him if he would pass that along and he said he would he also said he had a few images of
0: yes. the worker village he, <laughs> yeah he uh, did say stuff. he had some uh, other stuff for the worker village which um eagerly anticipating but uh yeah it's just fantastic and we're gonna work our best to try and distribute that onto uh drasticpedia the best way we can mm-hmm. with his uh with his permission of course but it was just fantastic just finding some, a lot of new stuff on that that's new, never been seen before. He's, It's probably been sitting in a box in his cupboard for years or some, and never been seen. Yeah,
1: um, really.
0: It's just fantastic, this stuff, surviving this long. hmm I don't even know. Like, someone like that, if he if he said to Universal, I've got all this stuff, donate it to Universal to put it on the DVD or something, I don't even know if Universal would do that.
1: Probably not. I mean, he'd probably be stuck in their archives forever. Kind of like the Rick Carter notes who um are, who one of our associates has been kind enough to repeatedly go to um the archive the Rick Carter archives at his school and not copy but like mm. just take notes down on and yep. pass along.
0: So um yeah, that's ex- very exciting and uh hopefully we get some more some more out of that shortly. It's um mm-hmm. it's a great time to be a fan. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It really
1: is, especially with people who have worked on the film now, seeing that the love for the franchise has come mm-hmm. back. It was revealed that um, I think, what was it, two hundred? No, know I think one hundred and eighty million dollars has been spent on marketing. Yeah, on yeah, yeah I did see
0: that news report today. That's insane. <laughs>
1: Which, yeah, that is insane. But consider that The Lost World spent two hundred and fifty million, and this wow. is nineteen ninety seven money. I know. I'm
0: just trying to think what that... Because sta- all your stationery and that sort of stuff and party supplies, that's not marketing, is it?
1: It's merchandising, but I would have to say that probably a lot of the prop shows and traveling exhibits did factor into that, because they did send a lot of the props yeah. around to, uh, around to uh, various spots across the yeah, nation. Yeah, I can
0: only imagine how much it would have cost to drive that RV around the country as well. With a with a crew a crew to watch it <laughs> set up and make sure it wasn't stolen. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, really.
0: And in that article too, they've just um, revealed a big Trenosaur statue um, from Fallen Kingdom in the, I think it's London, where some of the marketing money is going to over there. So yeah. yeah, I think
1: it was. Yeah, I funny. I
0: just find it funny. It's like Star Wars, it's like spending all this money um, marketing a Star Wars film, and mm-hmm. you could you could just. You could spend a million dollars and put a couple of TV spots, <laughs> or even just the trailers. Put a YouTube trailer out, and people are going to see it. As long as they know the film's coming, <laughs> they're going to see it. But uh, yeah, really,
1: because
0: that's really. that's that's 185 million that's got to be added to the budget to get back. And I'm sure they'll have no trouble getting it back. But yeah, <laughs> it's it's bonkers just how much money they spend on marketing <laughs> for these films. What's the matter? He didn't make it. Okay. I'm sorry. Ready? I am. I suppose, before we get into 106 also, um, while we're on the, on the topic of sort of behind the scenes for Lost World, I don't know if I mentioned it a few weeks ago, I had a winning bid on eBay for a um, auction book from back in 2008 uh, which had a, a lot of Jurassic Park mm-hmm. and Lost World props in it. Um,
1: yeah, you mentioned it uh, uh... Us, but you didn't okay. have anything mentioned it to you, uh, yeah, yeah. On the well, podcast I, one, here. the
0: one thing that sort of sucked me into it was the fact that it had the uh, the like a standee of the uh, oh not a standee but the um, Ma- Marquette of the Dilophosaurus on the cover, and um, it was the only it was the only mm. Jurassic Park themed thing in the uh, in the auction book. But uh, a lot of other stuff like the uh, screen used Velociraptor heads from Jurassic Park Three, um, the baby Stegosaur was on auction. Um, the, the big, um, I think it was a six or whatever the scale Marquette of the Spinosaur that Stan Winston Studios done was in there. I, yeah, I, I it was,
1: yeah, they did. That didn't they? Didn't they have the yeah, full yeah. animatronic? head? And
0: like this stuff this stuff was like yeah. they were expecting it to go up upward of eighty thousand um, dollars, <laughs> which was such stupid money. A lot of the, even a lot of the raptor stuff was all over twenty to forty thousand um, dollars US. And of course the auction's long gone now, and the book's pretty much useless to anyone in the auction game. But just some of the photos, like the uh, they had the head for one of the stegosaur animatronics in there as well, and just. Seeing how the, uh, Mm -hmm. this was 2008, so 11 years after the film came out, just how much the, uh, latex skin was starting to dissolve on the, um, on the animatronics, which was sad to see, but stuff like the baby was pretty much skinless. And it's sort of one of those things, they were asking, like, $50,000 for the screen used Velociraptor head that, um, sort of is looking at Amanda Kirby through the, um, through the embryonics sort of tank. And, uh, Yes, it looks good. It looks it looks just as good as it was new now. But um, paying fifty thousand dollars for that new, and then in five to ten years having the skin start to dissolve off and not being able to do a single thing about it, <laughs> it's not a um, it wouldn't be a good investment, I'd imagine. True, <laughs> not
1: really,
0: unfortunately. Mm. But uh, and it wasn't just um, it was good to see all that sort of stuff from the Lost World and that in there as well. But. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of Star Wars props, uh, one of Han Solo's original blasters from Empire, and a lot of stuff like that.
1: You wouldn't mind being able to give me a scan of well, that, yeah, I'm thinking about doing a Han Solo uh, cosplay for Star Wars Celebration in 2019 is coming to oh, Chicago, wow. where I live nearby. So I'm really excited to go. I'm probably one of those life once-in-a-life chances hmm. to see. And so... I would love to get scans of that. Yeah, you know.
0: well, that was going to be my question um, to you: how best to scan. We can talk about this after we finish recording. But because um, I, I took a couple of quick photos with my phone, and I can post them up to the page. I, I think I did post them up to the page. But um, I'd love to get just some hot, try and get some high def scans, even if I have to mail you the book so you can do it. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll work something out there. But um, is that is that Star Wars museum still getting built there? Not happening
1: now. No, unfortunately not. Unfortunately, the uh, Friends of the Parks, which is a kind of a historical society here in Chicago, um, what they did was they were going to put it, build it over a parking lot, which unfortunately was is on the lakefront. How the the parking lot was for McCormick Place and Soldier Field, which is a sports stadium here for American football. And just unfortunately, they blocked it. They put it, they had a lawsuit. Now they're actually suing the Obama Foundation to stop the um, building of his library on a park oh, wow. here in cool. Chicago. Yeah, so they have not been friendly to Chicago, future Chicago attractions, <laughs> unfortunately.
0: Oh, damn.
1: Yeah, so it's being built in... Um, LA
0: Of course it is
1: <laughs> which is unfortunate because nobody and none of the people in LA really like Lucas except for Spielberg because Lucas did every all built his empire outside of LA and actually got kicked out of this group yeah. right in, or the director's Guild because he did things his own way, not how the directors Guild wanted him to.
0: Yeah, and I was just thinking maybe it's it's sort of a case of uh, people who live in L.A. can afford to go out and visit stuff in the rest of the country mm-hmm. but um, prefer it to be in their own backyard, yet people in the rest of the country can't afford to go into L.A. to visit stuff. But
1: yeah, you've got simple, Universal
0: Studios and that they do quite well mm-hmm. with visitors. So,
1: Well, the reason George Lucas wanted it in here in Chicago is because his wife is from here. So that was, it was like really a big thing for his wife, for the Lucas Museum, to be here in Chicago. But unfortunately, yeah. it did not happen. They're leaving, I, I think they're
0: leaving. Alright, um, ready to get into 106. Cheers. Sure. As we ended on minute 105, the Tyrannosaur had found its water source in the back of a suburban home. Inside, its footsteps had woken young Benjamin, who crawled to the end of his bed to see what was making the noise. As we open on the minute, Benjamin watches on wide-eyed as the Tyrannosaur growls outside the window. It takes a step forward, moving to the second window and looks in at Benjamin and growls again. At the 14 second mark, Benjamin slowly climbs off his bed and leaves his bedroom. At the 23 second mark, we cut back down to the pool and the family's dogs barking at the Tyrannosaur. As a massive animal laps from the pool. The dog tries to get closer and drags his dog kennel towards the pool and the Tyrannosaur. At the 31 second mark the Tyrannosaur growls at the dog and it turns and whimpers and hides back in its dog kennel. At the 36 second mark we cut back inside to the parents room. Benjamin says there's a dinosaur in the backyard but they sleep ignoring him. He climbs up on their bed and pulls the covers back and says once again there's a dinosaur in the backyard. The two parents slowly wake. And as we end minute one oh six, the two parents arguing as Benjamin pushes them towards his room. As we happened last week, we got that big head, the trainer sort of emerging through the window, and um, it growls and looks in at Benjamin. And the, uh, as we said, he just sort of those big white eyeballs as his eyes go wide and uh, looks for a moment, then uh, slowly gets off the bed and walks off. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, and in, what do you do when a T-Rex shows up outside your bedroom window? <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, in a Jurassic world, you know to stay still. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love, it's sort of, they the parents, in a minute, they, when they come back, they complain about the fish tank and um, how he needs a nightlight and that. I just love how much lighting is on in this house. Um, mm-hmm. First yeah. the fish tank, and yes, his bedroom's sort of dark around the fish tank, but here he sort of walks out of his bedroom, past the top of the staircase, and all the lights are on in the house. And, uh, yeah, I noticed
1: that when um, the T Rex first goes through the fence, you can see the entire downstairs is lit.
0: Yeah, even the neighbor's place, the top upstairs, is lit as well. It's just for four o'clock. Well, I wonder it... if
1: the sound may have woken them up.
0: You know? Hmm. Well, even oh no, because security lighting would only be outside. You wouldn't have inside lights turn on. If motion sensors yeah. are tripped or vibrations. No. Yeah. But, um. We come. And there's also, I just noticed there's
1: lamps along that wall
0: there. Yeah. There's those like, lamps. <laughs> they're they're the lights like, I noticed.
1: Home lamps.
0: Hmm. Whether. It, so, might, yeah, it might be a case where the toilet, the only toilet in the house is downstairs and they've got the lights on in case you need to go to the toilet at night. But even then. Okay. If there is rich or... The house looks bigger or nice and big, so I'm sure there'd be a non ensuite and up upstairs torts anyway, but... hmm um, might be for that. I don't... He seems old enough to be able to go to the bathroom and not wet the bed or anything like that. Yeah. So... Yeah, we cut down to the backyard again, and the uh, the family dog's barking away, which we heard in the script previously, but, uh... The Tyrannosaur, sort of, its big head bends over and starts lapping up water from the pool, and, uh... I love how the dog sort of just drags the whole doghouse behind us, (laughs) walks over, walks over just to... It's stopped barking at this this stage. It's sort of like, just what the hell is this? And sort of dragging the doghouse over so I can get closer and sniff it. And then, of
1: course, the T-Rex just growls at the dog, and the dog whines and goes inside his (laughs) doghouse.
0: Yeah, that's just a yep you're bigger you make more noise so I'm going to turn around with my tail between my legs and and run back into the doghouse for safety Mm -hmm. or not but um, yeah we cut back up to the parents room and uh, Ben's standing beside the the parents bed as they sleep and um, again there's too much light in this room there's no way I'd be able to sleep with the amount of light that's shining into this room (laughs) but um, he just says there's a dinosaur in the backyard and uh, after being ignored so he jumps up in the bed and pulls the covers back to uh, to his parents. Um, now I we haven't really been ones to comment on fashion and uh, or or the costumes in this film, but uh, Southern California um, and San Diego, and this was around Christmas time. So
1: would you be wearing full length pajamas? I don't know. I know somebody. I have a friend who used to who are who grew up in Southern California in L.A. She goes to school with me in uh, Chicago, and she thinks sixty degrees is freezing
0: cold. <laughs> so, <laughs> um,
1: here in Chicago, sixty degrees is short weather.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose so I, it's, it, it's like it's like that old Family Guy joke too of the women always want to turn the thermostat down, the, the men sort of who, who's turn turn the temperature down, it's, it's too yeah. hot, make it hotter in here. But, and I, I'm I'm sure yes you've got you've got a um, actress here in bed, you're not going to have her in a bikini or anything, or even shorts and a t-shirt, I'm sure, okay, we've got two parents sleeping here, let's just put them in pyjamas and and go from there, Mm -hmm. but I don't, I heard somewhere, I think it was um, the recent cold snap San Francisco had, or it might have been Houston, Texas, where they've got no heating at all, because it's such a hot arid climate, there's no air conditioning Mm -hmm. on buildings and that there. I think it
1: might have been Houston because yeah, I did hear something about similar about that.
0: Yeah.
1: Because, oh, well, the thing is, in the anywhere south of the Mason Dixon line in the United States, um, you get a dusting of snow and everything's shut down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the big. That's the big joke is that Chicago school, schools only get shut down when there's like two feet of snow.
0: mm Yeah. No, I just found it fascinating that sort of, and are sort of we're, where where I am here. We're sort of in the. It gets hot and it gets cold, so you have both heating and air conditioning for um, mm-hmm. for those seasons. But, yeah, even um, I suppose up in the tropics and that, you don't really have heating either. So
1: Not really, no. In some places, like some of the older homes don't even have AC. The homes are built with the heat in mind, so they just have windows everywhere that they just can open up and let the breeze come through.
0: Yeah, that's one thing that's definitely not getting built into new homes and <laughs> why people feel like they're dying when uh, the AC, the AC lets <laughs> stops. <laughs> that is
1: true, yeah. yeah.
0: But, um, yeah, the parents wait confused and ask, what's happening? What are you doing? And um, he says again, there's a dinosaur in the backyard. And then we cut back to that hallway as he's leading the parents back to the bedroom and they're arguing at each other. And, um, again, around 4am in the morning and all the lights on. But... Um, as the minute ends, we uh, cut back into Ben's room as they're about to enter the door, and um, we'll get to it next minute. But the farmer the father's blaming the wife for not feeding him early enough, and the wife's blaming the father for the fish tank. <laughs> so uh, we'll get to that discussion next minute. But uh, anything else on that you want to talk to talk about, Dave? Before we get into shooting script, sure. Um, there's not a lot, not a lot happening these two minutes. Um, a lot of, a lot of the T Rex walking around, and the family sort of. Trying to find out what's going on, but uh, as we said last minute with the shooting script, uh, Ben sees the um, the barking dog, and it's described as a nasty, ugly ugly looking pit bull that's chained up, and the (laughs) and the word Rex is on the above or above the door to the doghouse. Which I'm surprised this doghouse doesn't have that on it. It seems like one of those little Spielberg things.
1: Yeah, it does, and it's funny because in the in the final movie. Dog is as far from being a nasty snarling pit bull.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I <a> wonder. <laughs> I wonder if they just done that so you weren't um, annoyed, saddened, or whatever by the dog dying that we see in a couple of minutes time. But the well, fact- it's
1: funny because I know people who absolutely hate The Lost World just because of this uh, next upcoming minute where the dog does get eaten. Mm. And I'm like, why do they have to eat with the dog and Oh my God, they're so sad. I mean, the, the T-Rex rips a person in half, but they're saddened by the dog. Yeah. And that's what ruins it for them.
0: Even, <laughs> even even, as we get to in later minutes, I think he's, he's credited as poor bastard. David Kep <laughs> when he has his little cameo, of just trying to get into the video store and gets taken out or at the ATM, but... Same thing. You got these people that didn't ask for it, and uh, it all comes back to the dog because that's that's the one thing with movie making. You never never kill the dog or hurt the dog, but, <laughs> <laughs> but he does it here, and um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's done. And or um, well, in a couple of minutes he does it. But uh, yeah, I just wonder if um, if they're going to if they planned on making it sort of an ugly, not so much a dog you'd care about. Like, let's not make it a Labrador or. I think, I think this dog. This is a boxer, isn't it? Which Is a pretty much beloved dog (laughs) to start with, so...
1: It looks like a lab boxer mix. I might not be... Yeah. I'm not exactly sure of the breed of this dog, but it's a cute dog, you know?
0: Yeah, I'll definitely say it's not a purebred boxer. I know a couple of people here that have one. I wanted to get one, but I didn't want to have to pay over $1,000 for the puppy. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) uh, yeah, so... Um, um. yeah. So the the dog sort of it's described as an ugly pit bull, and across the yard you can see the Triceratops bent over the family swimming pool, and it uh drinks like a bird, sucking up the water, a mouthful of water, then straightening it out to let it fall down its throat, which um which is different to the film because in the film we just got the tongue lapping the water up. Um, which makes more sense because it hasn't got the beak like a bird, you'd imagine, but it's sort of adding that sort of bird-like qualities to it. Um, and the dog's continuing to bark at the intruder, and um, the Rex turns and looks at the dog and uh, finds him irritating, but the dog keeps barking, um, straining on its chain, dragging the doghouse closer and closer like it's trying to attack the Trenosaur, where in the in the film it's more of a inquiring, inquisitive sort of going closer, just to see what the hell it is, but, uh, Benjamin turns, well, Benjamin turns away from the, uh, window, um, and the, uh, leans down towards the dog, and when it straightens up, it's got the whole doghouse in its mouth, so, again, here, we've got the whole death of the dog, and, um, it's only then the barking stopped inside Benjamin's parents' rooms, the mum and dad are fastest sheep still, and, uh, he goes there and says, Dad, Dad, there's a dinosaur in the backyard, and, uh, and does all that before um, waking them and they're sleepy and lures them back to the bedroom. But in the script, the uh, the dog bites it here early on. Mm-hmm. But um, we can talk about more uh, about that next minute when um, we actually see it in the film. So, uh, Dave, anything else on 106 you want to get to? No, I
1: think we've covered that pretty
0: well. All right. Uh, before we go, next week, hopefully, we'll have a uh, returning guest on after a long Hiatus. So uh, we look forward to that. And uh, until then, we'll see you all next week. All
1: right. See you next week,
0: guys. All right, guys. Let's get the hell out of here. Contact details are on the website, thelostworldminute.com. You can email feedback to thelostworldminute@gmail.com. Facebook, the Lost World Minute, Twitter at the Lost World Minutes. And Instagram, the Lost World Minutes. Easy to remember. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, very easy to remember. <laughs> uh, David, thank you for joining me for this recording. And uh, we'll be back off been Brad. I'm Dave. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Goodbye. Talk to you later. Bye.
1: It is absolutely imperative that we work with the Costa Rican Department of Biological Preserves to establish a set of rules for the preservation and isolation of that island. These creatures require our absence to survive, not our help. And if we could only step aside
0: and trust in nature, life will find a way.